Welcome to the Modern Rustic. I'm Russell. I'm Zach. I'm Mike. We are a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. Earlier this week, I had a dream. I think it was on, I can't remember what day it was on, but it'll be easy to find out. Because I had a dream that there was a big earthquake here. Mm -hmm. And then there was like all these disfigured animals running around trying to kill each other. But, and then I woke up and I checked my phone and there was a 1.6 magnitude earthquake in Chilliwack in the middle of the night while I was sleeping Uh at like 5 a.m. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Okay. Hmm. Um, Did you see any animals after that? What was the the first animal you saw after that? My cat. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Did you see two cats and where there was only one? In my dream, I saw, the first thing I saw is I looked out of the window of the vacation home that I was staying at. Ooh, you had good dreams. No, this was a bad dream. Oh, I guess. (laughs) There was a a mountain lion and a hyena fighting it out. Hmm. And then when I looked out the front door, there was a wild boar. How do you know it was wild? Because it was in the wild. Mm. But it was is a there pig. a domestic boar? <laughs> no, once they're domesticated, they're called pigs. There you go. It's interesting how that actually works. I, I've listened to a bunch of stuff on it, but yeah, essentially, you've got as soon as it's if it's wild, it's a boar. As soon as it's domesticated or taken, well, it's kind of like wolves and dogs. Uh, yeah, but if you have a pet wolf, it's still a wolf. But it, as soon as you like get a boar from the wild and have it in a pen, it's now a pig. It's an interesting concept. I don't, it's also a lot of marketing involved because as soon as... I mean, you could, you could call it a pig, but it, if it's still the same boar as it was just previously, that it's still... still yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Also, don't boars have tusks? Yes. They do, yeah, but pigs have tusks too, depending what? on the pig. All right. Because a boar, I think, is only a, a male. I think you're right about that. feels right in my have, bones. You can have, yeah. Yeah. I should know this because I've listened to a lot about people talking about boars and and wild pigs, but it, I think I think boars are the breed that have tusks. So if they have tusks, there's some boar in it at the very least. You're probably right. I am not sure, but have you guys heard that about the like massive wild pig epidemic in the pro- in the prairie provinces? Like there's too many or not enough? So many. Oh, so many, and they're not even sure where they came from. Basically, just one day, these just wild pigs just started showing up in the prairies, like Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and they just, like, warped their way across the prairies, and they just eat everything. Invasive stuff is real bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting worse and worse. I I read an article a while ago about it, but these things are terrible. Basically, there's, like, a shoot-on-site, like, protocol in place where anybody just, if you see these pigs, you just shoot them, like, as quickly as you can, because they're terrible for the environment. There was a, an invasive species that kind of went viral this these past couple of weeks. The I think they're called hammerhead worms. Did you guys see these things? What? I don't think so. Oh, man, they're crazy. They're like... I mean, they just look like regular earthworms. They're not crazy. <laughs> like So they just look like regular earthworms. Do but they have hammerheads? Yeah, they have okay. like the, the T for the head. <gasps> cool. Oh, really? Yeah, and like they do the thing that earthworms do where if you cut it, it'll just multiply. Then you just have two hammerhead worms. And they're like crazy invasive. They're a really big problem. I think they're like venomous to humans too. What? Like you got to be kind of careful with them. I'm going to look that up, but yeah, apparently if you see one of these hammerhead worms, you are supposed to pick it up and dissolve it in vinegar. 
Because Ooh, that really? is the only way to kill it for good. Where, where is this, like, invasive right now? Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look that up. That sounds crazy. I didn't know you could yeah. burn them in vinegar. Yeah, you, I, you have to you dissolve them in vinegar. I knew that oh. worms could have venom, but I, I didn't no realize that it was, like, that dangerous. The extent of worm knowledge that I have is basically earthworms yeah. and tapeworms. <laughs> I mean, I guess you probably would have... I can't think of another worm off the top of my head. I mean, there's ringworm, but that's not a real worm. That's not even a worm. It's... That's not even an animal. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, there's, there's are like, leeches worms? Uh, or are they different? Is that different? I think they're technically different. There are worms that live in water, though. There's like, yes, there's, there's, like a, there's like an ocean worm, which is like... <laughs> ocean worm? A, a really weird thing. They're called eels. No, no, but like... <laughs> I know you were going to say that, but no, there actually are worms. I believe oh, you. Okay, so the reason that hammerhead worms are invasive is because they feed on earthworms. Oh, okay. So earthworms are vital to the health of soil, yeah, but yeah. they eat earthworms. So they're so, eating the healthy, the, the helpful worms and not doing anything good for the soil. Yeah, they don't eat soil. Mm. They eat worms. Okay, but do earthworms mm. actually eat dirt, or do they eat like the things in the dirt? Well, it's it's more that they break up dirt. And, oh, right. And what they eat that they can find then turns into dirt. Okay. Yeah. I also heard a little while ago, and this is one of those uh, things that they always tell you like growing up, and they're like, hey, if you step on a worm, it could still live because it has like three or four hearts or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Apparently that's not true. Apparently if you like cut it in half, it dies. That's what I heard. But, I mean, I'm not going to admit to anything, but I'm, I may have tried I, it. I, I don't think all worms can do that. No, I don't but think so. They're, it's common among types of worms that yeah. they can do that. Because that, that's just something that, you know, as kids, everyone tells you. You know, the kids on the playground, oh, if you cut that worm in half, it'll grow back because it has two hearts and it'll be turned into two worms or something. That It does happen. They can regenerate. Yeah. Yeah. But I basically, what I heard is that that's pretty much nonsense. And if you, like, cut a worm in half, it probably is going to die unless it's, like, in exactly the right place. Yeah. Yeah, the circumstances have to be that it has... A safe place to heal, I think, and yeah. and you know it doesn't have to go far for food while it's immobilized or whatever. Like that, I think hmm. you can't have it like on the pavement and expect it to live. No, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. As a correction, hammerhead worms—they uh, just emit a toxin that can cause skin irritation to humans. But okay. smaller animals, it can be. Yeah, like, I, I was, I was pretty like, humans are pretty big for that, but like yeah. smaller creatures, yeah, like, I imagine. But they do say to handle them with gloves because it can cause some pretty rough skin yeah, irritation. I'm sure. Yeah. And what, sorry, where where are they? Oh, I didn't find out where they are. Okay. <laughs> I, f- it I feel it like doesn't matter. If you see a worm with two heads, dissolve it in vinegar. Is basically the. Honestly, yeah. if you see anything with two heads, folks, just just get rid of that. It's probably an abomination of nature. Whoa. Um. I also, I feel like for something as small as I assume they're the same size as earthworms. Roughly, yeah. yeah. They probably would be bigger if they're eating earthworms. Yeah, I just saw, scrolling through some articles, I saw some pictures of ones that were like four feet long. But oh, yeah. Shout out to Smarticles. You have great content. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I felt like they needed a shout out. No, I said some articles. <laughs> oh, I thought there was a website. <laughs> no. That's That would be a great That's a great name, name for a website. website. That'd be yeah, a great name. If that doesn't exist, write that down. Cut that out of the podcast. Uh, Daryl, I'll steal it for it from me. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is bored. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, sorry. I was going to say, but um, 
I feel like in order for something that small to be able to do damage to a human, it has to have some seriously potent toxin in its yeah. body. Like, even snakes, they like their venom is so eh. like concentrated in order to, like... The, the majority of poisonous, like... Poisonous snakes are not lethal to humans, although they can cause problems. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is that th- the top ones are extremely dangerous. Yes. It's more like it's more like spiders because spiders are so much smaller. Is it true I that can... spiders spiders are worse than snakes in, in killing people? Isn't it? I feel like snakes would be. I think if I had to guess, are you talking about like just the most toxic creature? Or, or what? I just, well, in in two senses of the word, who in. Whether it's be it spiders or snakes, who who has higher toxicity of venom or the, po- more potent venom? Yeah, yeah, the strongest is a snake. Yeah, but then do people die more often from snake bites or spider bites? Because I feel like if you get a like a brown that's recluse hard, or a black widow or something, those are bad. They kill you, right? Black widows, black widows. and I think brown recluse are actually not that bad if you get bit as a healthy adult. Okay. It's more dangerous for like a child yes. or, or elderly. Mm. Like you'll probably be pretty sick if you get a black widow or brown recluse bite. Also, you can have black like, widow, especially. I think. Yeah, you can have like necrotizing good. flesh. I've yeah. heard. Like, I don't. I don't fun. think that happens with any other spiders, but black widows. Yeah, I think that it's their venom specifically yeah. that causes that. But yeah, you can get pretty sick even as a healthy adult. But it'll basically just be a rough stomach flu and the complications that come with that. But yeah, it like. Uh, if there are any toddlers listening, uh, run away from a black widow if you see one. <laughs> I think a toddler would know what a black widow is. <laughs> Maybe I knew what a, what a black widow was when I was a toddler. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I've, also I've seen a lot of spiders that honestly look exactly like a black widow, but are just missing. Oh yeah, the diamonds. Yeah, but like, like exactly. But that's I'm like okay, I don't want to take my chances. <laughs> Yeah, my grandparents live in Karameas, which is close to Penticton. Yeah. And they have tons of black widows at their place. I've seen so many there. And that's why I know what the effect of a black widow bite would be on a human being. So that I could calm my mind down Mm. when I was sleeping at their house for the first time. Get one of those, like, full-body mosquito nets or something like that? Yeah, I would have to. That's the thing. Like, when I was way younger, we went went to Australia and New Zealand. And we we did, did, like, the whole, like, motel hopping, visiting places and touristy thing. Uh, was like I was on the lookout twenty four seven even yeah. as, even as a young kid twenty four seven for spiders because they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, their spiders are the worst yeah and they're, they're also everything the is the worst they're also the biggest you've seen those like giant like crab spiders that yeah but they get on those walls. ones aren't harmful right they're those ones aren't harmful but there are other ones that are a little bit smaller and yeah it's like there's like the crab one and then there's the the huntsman spider yeah which is also huge it's like real huge like a foot and a half in diameter but yeah, they eat birds. Yeah, but they're docile to humans. Like they, they can't do I, anything. I know, to humans. but like I know that like mentally you know that. But it's like if, I, if, if you I saw see, a spider if, that was a foot and a half in you're diameter, you're not wrong. I'd be like, oh, okay, it's a huntsman. But if I see one and I'm like, that's not big enough to be a huntsman, I'm still gonna be freaked out. Because yeah, then I don't know what it is. Yeah, mm. so yeah, it's that monkey mind taking. I would over. Not, I would not sleep anywhere right here. There's blackbirds. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I feel for the tarantulas. Because tarantulas get a bad rap. They do get a bad rap. Because they're bare, they're rarely poisonous. If I, at all. I finally got over that when I when I got like older. I was like, I, I was all, no tarantulas. Like they're the worst because mm-hmm. you know you see them probably the most in yeah media and everything. Yeah. But like I finally got over the fact that like okay I can see that they are docile 
Yeah. You know, and you can handle them, but like I just still don't want to. <laughs> you wouldn't have given the opportunity hold a tarantula? No. Russell, would you? I've held tarantulas. Have you? Yep. I never have. I think I would if given the opportunity, but I've done like I wouldn't sn- seek it out. Yeah, I've done like snakes and lizards and things like that. Well, you go to like fairs and yeah. stuff and they always have yeah. like the snake guy and the tarantulas yeah. and there's like a one lazy turtle sitting there and it's like, oh, pet the turtle. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just a turtle. It is just a turtle. I tur- yeah, Don't get me wrong. Sorry. that I made turtles sound bad there. Uh-oh. Turtles are awesome. Turtles are fantastic creatures. And if you're ever stuck at sea in a lifeboat, the best thing for you to do is to catch turtles. And then you, like, crack open the shell and eat the turtles. I learned that from Life of Pi. Okay. All yeah. Right. Also, great book, great movie. I was going to say, you could tie them together with rope and ride them to safety like <laughs> pirates. That could work, too. Um, what Jack Sparrow did. Yeah. I don't think that's how it was going to work in real life, though. I would, wouldn't you rather just, like, hook it onto a dolphin or something and the dolphin can pull you to shore? You know, like Aquaman, or like, riding the two dolphins coming in? That's pretty good, too. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, they're cool. I like I like those exotic animals. They're always fun. <sighs> okay, but also, tarantulas get a bad rap. But also, the most poisonous snake is I think the black. Oh no, this is number ten out of one. Sorry, I'm I gonna scroll. I think it's like the sea snake or or coral snake. Those are called eels. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The number one is the inland taipan. Yeah, I, I believe it lives in. Did you know the black mamba? Oh, you only need it only takes two drops of venom to die from that. Yeah, that's crazy. I think that one takes even less. Absolutely nuts. Anyway, snakes are crazy. Yeah, snakes are nuts. So did we? Are they we... don't even have arms. <laughs> that you know what? There are snakes that have like evolutionary. You can see where the like the, the modified oh, yeah. scale where their arms used to. Like be. how we have tailbones. Kind of. Yeah. That is what a tailbone is, right? I mean, yes. A snake hand. No, like it's where our tails used to be. Yes. Well, it's, they also use. It's also. I think it's just used for balance as well for the spine and the body. But it evolved from yeah. the tail. At one point in evolution, that's yeah, where I the tail so. was mounted. Yes. I assume, Well, I mean, it's from if if you if you think that we come from a similar ancestor to a, a apes and monkeys, then yeah, they have tails. We would have a yeah. tailbone in the same spot. So, uh, I lost my train of thought. Monkeys. No, it was before that. Snakes. Snakes, snakes are cool. Um, <laughs> snakes are really talking cool. about arms on snakes. Oh right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, do you guys know what? Have you ever seen handfish? Handfish. Handfish. Not familiar. I might have seen a picture of one. I think they got like fins that are like modified. Essentially, digits, it's right? it's yeah. an ugly fish. Yeah. They live on off the coast of Tasmania, and they are super super. There's three or four types of handfish, different species, and they're super super endangered. If you look them up, there's there's one species of handfish they haven't seen one in like ten years. It's crazy, folks. If you're listening, check out handfish and just look at pictures of them. Basically, they're fish, but they have hands. It That's looks like they really have bizarre. hands. It's wild. I'll I'll, I'll I'll find a picture for you guys. But uh, before we do that, welcome to the show, folks. Welcome to the modern rustic. We are glad you are joining us. Uh, I forgot to do the intro earlier. Thanks for joining. We're here with Zach and Mike and Russell, and we hope that you can we can provide you with quality entertainment. I should have looked up handfish while I was doing that, but I didn't. Do you think you could have done both at the same time? Uh, no, I only have two hands, just like yep. a handfish. That was a pretty handfished uh, intro. 
No, that was hey, bad. Uh, no, I thought that was pretty Okay, I, the, folks at, <laughs> the folks at home can't see this, but... That is... I don't like looking right? at that. Folks, Google Handfish while you're while That's you're listening something. to this. It's crazy. I listened to a podcast about these guys. Uh, it's like, I think it's... Do you want to be a marine biologist podcast? And it they talk about handfish, and it's really cool. But there's one... There's the red handfish and the spotted handfish, and I think there's a brown handfish, and they're... They're just one of those creatures that, if we weren't paying attention, they would probably just die off and no one would ever, ever think about handfish. Because they're one of those fish that, they have hands and it doesn't really gain them anything. It's like an evolutionary... Well, they can they can come out of water partially. Yeah, kind of. But, still, they're not like, it doesn't give them an advantage on the 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 predator prey system so they i can see why they would get eaten up um but i'm sure it's probably people and pollution and destroying the the coral i'm sure it's that probably anyways (sighs) so getting back to that dream about the boar (laughs) (laughs) getting back to that yeah sorry what how do we oh you're talking about pigs right and then you saw the boar so do you think that what do you think about dreams like what do I think about dreams? Yeah, you think that's going to happen? No. I My belief about dreams is that it is your brain taking out the trash. Mm. Like, it's all the stuff that your brain is like, all right, we don't need to worry about this. We don't need to worry about that. Let's just get it out of here. Run the simulations so that, you know, this this idiot over here doesn't have to while he's awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. What do you think, Mike? Because I do spend that, a lot of... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do spend a lot of time worrying <laughs> about the earthquake that is supposed to hit us eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of mental energy does get dedicated to that anxiety, so it's probably what that comes from. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Yeah, I think taking out the trash is a good... good it makes sense, and it makes sense, and that's what a lot of uh, some scientists believe as well. I think if you ever pay attention to your dreams and then you wake up and you think, okay... I can see where I thought about that for a minute during my day. Yeah. And then it you it shows up in your dream again, right? You think of like some random person from your past you like briefly thought of during the day and like, oh, I wonder what happened to that person from grade four. And then they show up in your dream and it's like, no, nah, this is weird. But what, you what, can kind of see it. What do you think about when you have the same dream again? Never happened. Repeated dream? That's happened to me. That's, that's happened to me a number of times. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I, I mean, I think it's the same thing again. Like, it's just your brain, like, oh, you're still thinking about this? I guess. Yeah. But yes, I mean, the ones that I've had that are repeated are usually pretty abstract and not, not really anything I could, th- I could think back on what they, what they sort of entailed, like, what, really what they were about. Yeah. For me, it happens a lot with locations. I'll dream of, like, a very specific fantastical location Mm. and then I'll have a dream in that spot for like two weeks and then I'll never dream about it again but I'll like know all the details about this location yeah it's very bizarre interesting yeah interesting yeah I don't think I've ever had that I do have recurring locations but it's usually the locations that you expect like oh I had a dream and it was in my high school or it was at my house or on the farm or at you know the local church or something and it's like okay well that makes sense because if 
you spend a lot of time there, then it makes sense to yeah. dream about being there. Yeah. And sometimes there's, like, subtle differences. Like, there's not supposed to be a door there. Right. Or, like, it's, the lighting is wrong or something. Yeah. Those are what throw me off sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, why, why did that change? It's not supposed to be like that. And then, like, a dragon comes through the roof. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. All of dreams were, like, all of a sudden, uh, somebody that I knew, like, 15 years ago that hasn't been in my mind in the slightest, you know, in 10 years, well, I'll just, I'll, they'll show up in my dream and be like, I, I'll be like, well, I wonder what that person's doing now. It's been a long time. Yeah. You know why that happens? No. Your brain can't invent faces. Oh. So every face that you ever see in your dream is a face that you've seen before. So or, you're, or no face at all. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Though. So your brain is just pulling a face from memory to use, and then your conscious mind is like, oh, wait, I know that face. Why is that face here? This is weird. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Dreams yeah. are really interesting to me. Yeah. I've always found them interesting. It's, I think it's one of those things that people always question, like, oh, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, what do you think about dreams? Okay, well, you know, everyone has a little bit different take because everyone has a different experience. Some people have... Like, I can remember like maybe not even five like not even counting on one hand the amount of like bad dreams i've had oh really like nightmares like on one hand on one not even one hand like oh. i think i like dreamed about a, like a family member dying once and i like woke up in the middle of the night and i was like pretty upset about it it very rarely happens to me you've never had like a spooky ghost scary goblin but that's not dream? scary to me yeah, i guess i didn't that's real- cool I get fantastical <laughs> dreams all the time, you know, yeah. weird jungle and space and monsters yeah. and like that's sick. That's cool. Really? Yeah. I'll have like a bad dream maybe like every like two months. I was gonna say I probably have a bad dream once a month. Yeah, at say least. almost once a month. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I used to have. I I only I look back on it now and think they must have been like panic dreams or something. But I would wake up, and my whole visual perception of like where I was was like skewed and would like I think maybe just like like I would feel my heartbeat but it would, I, when I'm looking at my room it would pulse Whoa. in my eyes it freaked me out for so long and I'd go upstairs and I'd wake my mom up yeah. and be like hey I, I'm freaking out here and yeah. I, was, I was really young mm-hmm. but I had that for a couple years yeah I, I would get two things kind of similar one I would wake up and like still kind of be half dreaming so like everything would feel like it wasn't the right size Like, you know, like that part in Alice in Wonderland where she's really small. That's how it would feel. Like, I would feel like my body was really tiny. Yeah. And like, does does that kind of feel like the same thing? Kind of like that. Yeah. But I would, at the same time, I would, I kind of, I think it would be, I think it was my heartbeat and my, maybe my eyes were dilating from like waking up, but like the room would kind of like pulse with that. Like it would grow bigger and then smaller. Oh yeah. That's crazy. It messed me up for a couple of years. Yeah. Not, not maybe like. A dozen times in a couple years. When you have weird, like, sleep dream experiences, it does kind of, and, like, it recurs like that, it does kind of mess you up for a while. Hmm. Yeah. Because sleep's supposed to be a comforting thing, but if you're afraid to fall asleep, it's like... That can mess you up. Yeah. yeah. It'd it'd be so weird, because I'd be sleeping fine until I reached that point, and then I would wake up suddenly, and that would be... From from unconsciousness to that, would just be so jarring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you guys have it, um, man, that's really interesting because I feel like I'm so, like, blessed now because I'm like, I never have bad <laughs> yeah, you're dreams. you're lucky, yeah. That's, I mean, care, carefree attitude, folks. 
Don't let life stress you out because it affects your dreams. Yeah, hey, just don't you know let what? it. Just don't let it. It's it's so easy. Flip just back don't. Switch. <laughs> I mean, it's more complicated. Are you worrying? Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Have you guys ever sleepwalked? I don't think so, but I think so. <laughs> You have no proof, but you I have no proof, but I think it's happened a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I actually had it not that long ago where I left my computer open and then I went to bed and then I got up and there was a file missing from my computer. Whoa. And like no one else had been in my house. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Did I get, did I sleepwalk and delete? computer files that was like it was the weirdest thing that's crazy i thought maybe like the cat had jumped up on the keyboard and like control alt delete or something or but that seems unlikely but i mean (sighs) monkeys and typewriters right but it was weird i once ordered something on amazon in my sleep and then it really freaked me out when it showed up on my doorstep it's uh it was a book i wrote a book called house of leaves by mark Daniel Dzewiski. It's a really crazy last name, but it's a it's a horror book about like a haunted house. You should, but, be, you should be worried. Already. But the book the book kind of plays with format a lot. Like you'll be flipping through the pages, and then you'll get to one page that has one word on it, or you'll turn to another page, and all the words are upside down, or like the words will be wrapped around the page in a spiral. So this like, unusual oh. book, yeah, it shows up on came, my doorstep. Came to one you, day. yeah, out of nowhere seemingly, yeah, with your and name then, on it, ordered from your Amazon yes. account. Yeah. And you have no recollection of this. Exactly. But then, like, I look back in my Amazon, like, emails and stuff, and it's yeah. like, yeah, you ordered this book at 2.47 a.m. It's like, oh, so I was asleep. I don't think I've ever Weird. caught myself, like, like evidence to know that I have, but I know that I've gotten up at certain times. I'll be, I'll be so tired and not really awake. I'll know that I'm not sleeping. Yeah. But then I'll just go, I'll go back to sleep. But not to the point where, like, I'm disassociated with, like, understanding what I'm doing. Yeah funky my actually my uh cousin uh i won't say their name but they like hardcore sleepwalk oh yeah they get up and do things yeah like they call people on the phone it can be pretty dangerous it is yeah yeah. it's crazy yeah i've sleptwalked before but i've never left my bedroom like i used to sleepwalk a lot as a teenager but i would never leave my bedroom i would just like wake up and i'd be wrapped up in blankets crouched in the corner (laughs) yeah Interesting. I yeah, I would love to know more about that. This they've studied sleep all the time and they always learn something new. It's yeah, crazy. It's, I was going to say that about dreams when you were comparing it to like like it's something that people like to talk about like ghosts. Mm-hmm. But like scientists really don't know why we dream. Yeah. Like there's theories, but we don't understand like the mechanics of dreaming. We don't understand why it happens. Yeah. Yeah, why do we need to go into REM? Why do we... Well, they know why. They know what the purpose REM serves to the body. But as for like what actually takes place mm. consciously yeah, like that time... You yeah. would think that it would be more efficient for your brain to shut down. Yeah, not extend all things, any energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than just keeping your body alive. Telling yeah. your organs to keep doing their job. But yeah, there's like some weird altered state of consciousness while you're asleep where you're experiencing... Like strange realities, and mm. scientists don't know why. Yeah, interesting. Not yet. Not yet. They're learning. They're yeah. learning. I'd love to have like a sleep expert on the show. Yeah, they. Oh, that's so interesting. Cool. We should ask guests about their weird dreams. Yeah, yeah. I think it's questions like, 
what do you think dreams are? Have you ever seen a ghost? Uh, like questions like that. Do you believe in the soul? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It really like I don't care about the small talk. I mean, I care. I do care about the small talk because last episode we literally talked about what kind of donuts we liked for <laughs> half an hour. So yep. th- it is interesting, but also, hey, what do you think about yeah. good dreams? You know. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Do you guys have it where you wake up in the morning and then you've exited REM? And then, but then you go back to sleep for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then you have really vivid dreams. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. my, my earthquake dream was like that. Oh. Yeah. Cause, cause I find was, those are far more vivid. Cause it was between the hours of 5am and 6.30am was when I was asleep. Okay. And the, the actual earthquake, I mean, if you can call a 1.2 magnitude earthquake an earthquake. Um. Technically it is an earthquake. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Um. It was at like 5.53 a.m. or something. Mm. So, yeah. I, I wasn't asleep that long when I had that dream and that it happened in real life. Not the wild boar, obviously. But Yeah, I, I actually remember when we had one of the bigger earthquakes years and years ago. Probably 12 years ago. We had, I think it was like a 4 or a 5. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I do remember that. But it was in the middle of the night and it woke me up. Yeah. In my bed, and I'm like, "What is going?" I'm, like, I'm shaking, and I thought maybe I was sick or something. Oh yeah. Where I was convulsing, and I'm, I'm looking at myself. I, I feel fine. Yeah. But I'm, I was like plastered to my bed. Yeah. It was so weird, huh. and then, and then it passes, and then I think to myself, "What was that?" And then the next morning, oh, there was an earthquake. I'm, oh, <laughs> that was an earthquake. Yeah. It was funky. Yeah, it's got to be weird because it's like if there's one thing that you can count on in your daily life, it's that the ground is going to stay still. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. just one day it don't do that. Is it? Is it true that we're supposed to stand in the doorways for earthquakes? Or what's the, the safest I, place? Is duck like, and cover, like do- doorway under and, tables, and right? under something. Yeah, like yeah. under a table is like a good spot. Technically, you should just jump. And then you'll be fine. That's, <laughs> That's really terrible advice. Actually, the <laughs> safest place to be in an earthquake. In an airplane. That's true. Until you have to land and there's a big crack in the, in yeah. the airport. But technically, in the air is the best place to be. Yeah. That's why, folks, you should go flying whenever possible. But also try and save the environment and don't waste jet fuel. It's a, it's a toss-up. It's yeah. a toss-up. Yeah. It's Sophie's Choice. What's that movie about? I don't I've know. never seen it. It's about a hard choice. Yeah, but it's Hel- Helen... No. Uh, Helen Keller. Is it Helen Keller? No. No. Did we? T- oh, we talked about Helen Keller. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <sighs> that was a good episode. Um, no, it was the lady, the actress. Oh, Meryl Streep is in that. Oh, okay. But I have no idea. Everyone jokes about that movie. Yeah. No idea what it's. It's about. like uh, it's like that scene in Flashdance that always gets uh, reference. Dance. Yeah, you know the reference. It's when somebody. Is dancing and then they lean back on a chair, they pull a chain, and a bucket of water comes down. Oh yeah! That's from a movie called Flashdance, which came out in the year uh, like 1938. Nobody's seen this movie, but we've been referencing it for almost a hundred years. I don't think it's that long? Is it really? Yes, that movie is ancient. You were there for that, Mike? When was it? <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie clip though is from a more recent one. Like I think it was. Yeah, because it's been referenced. Like a, yeah, but it was like in the 80s though, wasn't it? No, no, you're talking about Footloose. No, I'm not thinking about Footloose. I was thinking about Footloose. 
Because Footloose is the other dance. There was movie a remake of Flashdance. Everyone in references. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's that's the one that I think that is the okay. more iconic. There was a remake. That makes sense. Yes. That's that's like the stars a star is born. Yeah. That movie was made what four times? Yeah. Five times? I'm, I'm I'm not surprised that it was a remake to begin with, but. Folks, go see a star is born. It's not in theaters, obviously, but I've seen it. It's phenomenal. I cried hard on that one because the ending really got me. Really got me. Do you guys want to know what Sophie's choice is? Please, yes. Oh, you know. Well, I know, but I, again, I, I like you. I have not seen the movie, but I know what the choice was. Is oh, it Meryl okay. Streep's in that right though? Right? I believe it is Meryl. Streep. Is it okay. between two kids? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. man, that's too ultimately. Bad. The, yeah. yeah, she has to choose. So, she has to choose a child. It's kind of like the good son. And killing well, no, he dies by bees. It's very different. <laughs> no, that's not the good son. That's the good. That is the good son. No, that's my girl. Mm, no, wasn't the good son where the kid goes? E- kids evil. Macaulay Culkin's evil. Yeah, but Macaulay Culkin dies by bees in. Yeah, he dies in that. In my girl, is it? Yeah, I thought. I, thought, I think he dies by bees in that movie too. I don't know. I think he actually. I think he gets his comeuppance, but because of a bunch of bees. Oh, maybe. It could be right. I don't know what. Do you, you know who Macaulay Culkin is? Home Alone kid. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, he was in a bunch of other movies that no one's ever seen. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Page Master, amazing. Page right. Master. Yeah. I just saw a thing. Under, under, I just saw that yeah. for the first time, and no, I didn't see it, like watch it, but I saw that it was a thing. You've never seen the Page Master? No, I don't oh, even know what that so is. Good. It is really good. Apparently. Christopher Lloyd is in it. Wow, I love Christopher. Whoopi Lloyd. Goldberg is in it. Well, yeah, she's she's okay. Really... Yeah. Mm-hmm. She plays one of the books. Oh, she does. That's right. She's a page or a... she's a book. Because oh. his 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 pals on this adventure are animate books mm. that are like representations are of genres. Yes. Yeah, this is in the animated section of the movie. Okay, that yeah. it was interesting that they made those movies back then when it was real actors and then animated. There, like there, there was a couple years where they made a few of those. Yeah, yeah. like Space Jam style, but like less. Kind yeah, Pagemaster is different though, because Pagemaster it's like the first fifteen minutes is in live action, and then the rest of the movie is a cartoon, and then like the last ten minutes yeah. is live action. I like it when they go to when they're in a movie, and then they go to like they jump into a painting, and then the painting is all animated, and then they jump yeah. out of the painting. Yeah, I don't think know if that was ever actually in like the Darkwing Duck movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Is that too young a reference for no, you? I don't know if I've seen the movie. Oh, okay. There's a lot of movies. I just remember him jumping through paintings in that movie. I mm. do recall that happens that a lot too. in a lot of movies. That's yeah. a pretty not original trope. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny usually. Yeah. Anyways, well, I, his friend Launchpad McQuack. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Do you guys think sure. that? Actually, never mind. I don't want to talk about Whoopi Goldberg. She was great back in the day, but I feel like she should have stayed in her lane. I think she did something controversial recently. Oh, she right? did. Well, she's on the View. I'm sure everything on oh, the yeah. View is. We don't, on, we don't have to get everything on the view is essentially a waste of time in my opinion i mean long story short she basically made some comments about the holocaust that she shouldn't have oh okay yeah. but it yeah, wasn't just one of those topics you don't touch on daytime tv yeah well they do yeah. they do but yeah she tried to make it out that the holocaust wasn't a racial issue because she was talking about something about black americans and how that's a bigger race race issue than Jews in the Holocaust because she figured that they all kind of look the same even though Jews are a completely different race what it was very confusing I didn't follow it 100% but that's a 
Why would you? Yeah, talk about that. That's yeah, why? Why, why do that? To make headlines? No. Yeah. And she got suspended for I think like a day off of the View. It was yeah. ridiculous. Which also to follow up on the Will Smith thing, Ooh. which we talked about on I think yeah. Wesley's episode we talked about that. We so did. You weren't yes. a part of that, but. Um, the update is that I think he's banned Man. from the Academy for 10, ten years. Yeah, he resigned as well. But yeah. I think that came, he resigned I think he came at the same time, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one of those things where are they going to fire him or is he going to quit first? Like one of I think we talked about him. it a little bit, but uh, yeah, no. Like, apparently initially the, the Academy said that they did ask him to leave. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, well, they asked him to leave, but then they didn't make him leave yeah. like, when he said no. Yeah, they actually, were like, can you please but leave? But it actually was that they did not ask him. They, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so it's that whole situation was handled very poorly. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't even get their story straight. Yeah, like we we talked about it in detail a couple of weeks ago, but honestly, they should not have let him stay. They, they gave him an Oscar. It was, after it's that. insane to me that they still gave him an Oscar. They after gave him that. an Oscar, but I guess at the time yeah. they're kind of like frozen. They're thinking, okay, do we give him the Oscar? Yeah. Do we not? But like, even a situation where. He's not going to leave, and he's demanding the Oscar, and so you're just like, well, we got to get the show going. Just don't air that then, because then that, that's just adding legitimacy. To yeah, but they can't not air that. That I mean, is that is gold. I mean, that's, that's what's going to make yeah. people watch it ten years from now. Because how off? How many clips of him slapping Chris Rock, and then his that's never going to go away. His teary eyed no. speech afterwards that was yeah. huge. People are going to be talking about that, like in. 50 years still yeah. Yeah. the time that yeah. I, smacked Chris Rock on stage I'm not eager to hear the jokes that whoever hosts the next Oscars like how right? many Will Smith jokes are they going to make it's going to be Oscars? so cringy yeah and it was already cringy the jokes this year because yeah. it was bad I, I watched yeah. some of the Amy Schumer stuff oh, terrible <laughs> yeah. I have I have very little respect for her she's not funny I can respect that she like you know got successful found her oh, audience oh yeah I mean you find your niche you do it yeah. but I just don't find her funny it's yeah, yeah no that time has passed yeah yeah it's uh I thought it was a weird pick like when they said that she was hosting I was like now like eight years ago yeah that would have made more sense yeah well they like, were desperate I, I'm surprised they just didn't do Ricky Gervais again because yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would have said no. He it doesn't seem that he minds to do it because yeah. he's, he he doesn't censor himself. Yeah, he probably likes the opportunity to get up there. And, and realistically, lambast. they do too because they've had him do it like four or five times. Yeah, yeah. Ricky Gervais is fantastic. The way he ripped apart those guys last time. Yeah. Oh, I salute that man. Also, if you're listening, folks, check out his new show on Netflix, Afterlife. It three seasons. Uh, this beautiful story of a man who loses his wife uh, to cancer and just how he copes with life afterwards and how he, you know, battles depression and and suicidal thoughts and he works his way back into society through that classic Ricky Gervais humor that he just is so good at. Mm, it's so good. Three seasons. It's short. Check it out. Man, that's a good show. I cried at the end. It was. I too. cried a couple times on that show. Like I got teary eyed a few times. Yeah. He has this crazy way of making it funny, and then you are sad, and then it's funny and he, sad. He, he and is really good at that, for sure. Oh, it's great. He's, not a lot of comedians can do that, but he, he seems to be able to pull it off. Yeah. What's that movie that he made um, where no one can lie? The Invention of Lying? That's right. Yeah. That was a, that's a solid movie, too. I don't remember it being that good, but... I think it was a lot of people used it as examples of stuff. 
like it's very it's an interesting moral concept yeah um from that perspective i remember we watched clips of it in high school yeah yeah i missed, I missed that i knew I, I knew of it but i just never yeah. got, got around to seeing it it's a good movie it, it's like big fish where you just you kind of watch it for its narrative, narrative. And, yeah. and ideological perspectives yeah it's good zach why don't you tell us about what you learned about europa I just saw an article that there's oxygen leaching into the saltwater oceans of Europa. Really? And Europa has saltwater oceans also underneath its icy surface. Wait, which one's Europa? It's a moon of Jupiter. Oh. Yeah. So it, one of the, like, 49 moons of Jupiter. Jupiter yeah. 49? It, that might be more. I think it's like 20-something. It's a lot of moons, yeah. yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. How does it have that many moons? And what it's is big. Is a is a moon just like a little teeny tiny guy? Some some of them are small, but they yeah. they have established orbits, so that makes them a moon. Yeah. So if it's orbiting, if it's orbiting a planet, it's a, a planet. Moon. It's a yeah. moon. Yeah. yeah. Does that mean anything can be a moon? It has to be of a certain size. Yeah. Like an asteroid couldn't be a moon. Okay. Well, it it wouldn't be an asteroid once it gets into an orbit, either. Oh really? Yeah. Would it just be considered a satellite at that well, point? Well, because if it's if it's close enough to orbit, uh, it has to, it. That means it has to be big enough that it's not being pulled in the atmosphere, and an asteroid would just dissolve in the atmosphere. But if it's like if it's moving fast enough, couldn't it just get caught into an orbit if it was moving fast enough? Wouldn't I don't think its gravity is strong enough. It would probably change its its hmm. trajectory, but I don't think it would. Catch I thought it had to go slow to get into orbit. Yeah, it would have to go slow at the right speed, I guess. Maybe not just fast enough, but. Because if you're going too fast, then you go into the planet, right? That's how asteroids hit the planet. If it's going too slow, it would get sucked in by the gravity. Right. So it has to have the, the perfect speed in which to not get sucked in, but also not get shoot into it. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what the size level is of, okay, this is just a rock, and then this is a moon. I wonder what the line is. Yeah. That's hard to tell. Well, because, like, Jupiter and Saturn have rings, so... Right? Rings yeah. are so cool. They look gorgeous. Earth should have rings. <laughs> right? I'm going like, to start a petition, uh, a change.org, to get Earth some <laughs> rings. We're, yeah. Folks, we're setting up a GoFundMe. Uh, if you want to uh, donate, please check us out. Uh, we are trying to get rings for the Earth. Um, put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. <laughs> so that's, that, that's what the project will be called. Yes. Yeah, uh, we like it. So let's put a ring on it. But you think about it, right? We have the most... I mean, the Earth is beautiful. I mean, the blue marble looks great. But Saturn is it has rings. It just adds oomph. It, you're accessorizing. It's better. You're accessorizing. accessorizing. <laughs> you know? It, it has... Jupiter has 49 moons. We got one measly moon. Like, where's our moons? This is ridiculous. We're the only planet in the solar system with functional sentient life and we get one moon and no rings stupid that's like going to mcdonald's and just buying the burger no combo meal it's a ripoff yeah you want fries with that too bad you don't get a ring it's dumb (laughs) anyways i think there's a size category there must there has to be yeah Yeah. i'm sure there will be does it have to be made of a certain material i don't imagine so because some are just made of ice yeah that's true europa for example europa's just nice one yeah Okay, what was the thing you were saying about Europa? I didn't there's, listen. There's oxygen leaching into the saltwater oceans that are beneath 
the icy crust, if you will. Oh. Which it is like the perfect breeding ground for life. It has oxygen. It has salt water. Like it's it's ready to go. There very well might be bacterial life on Europa right now. Yeah, that is so fascinating. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see that in like a hundred years? No, because evolution takes millions. No, no, no. But do you think we're going to get to Europa? I think we'll have the capabilities to test probes. I'm pretty sure to Europa. I'm well past it at the very least. Yeah, but not landed on it. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, we probably. I I could say that within you know the next eighty years or so we could probably have confirmation of bacterial life on another planet within our solar system. Interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll, I think we'll have gone to several at the very least by yeah. then, if not all of them. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, anything else about planets? Any news on planets? I think that's it. All right, folks. I got a little update for you. Uh, we talked about it in an earlier episode. Uh, I think it's episode four or five or six. Uh, Maybe seven. It, one of our first ten episodes, folks, in the middle somewhere. The Minx, Marvel, and Ship of Petius episode. But uh, I discussed the mink issue and, and the mink farms and how they were being shut down and how I was very angry about it. And I still am, even though it's been months. Uh, but they just had some news about that. Well, originally the mink farmers were suing and they were going to try and fight it. And now the Supreme Court has sided with the initial decision and said that they will there will be no arguments and they have to shut down in the timeline they gave them. Oh, yeah. It was five years, right? Yeah, 2025. Yeah. So not even five years. Yeah. So if you didn't catch our last episode, folks, or not our last episode, but that episode, um, basically last year, late last year during COVID, the mink farms were found to be carriers of COVID, so allegedly and they were deemed a too big of a risk to keep around even though there was a lot of other options they could have looked at before basically cutting the head off of an entire industry overnight a lot of the mink farmers obviously say that it's not fair and that they even though they had a vaccine coming out for minks and they employ over 200 people in the province. They just decided that they should just get rid of them. But they're just another update on that. They're, the Supreme Court has come down and said that they agree with the original decision. And they still have to shut down by 2025. So I don't want to keep ranting about it because I already did. But it's aggravating. And you got to wonder, maybe you're next. I don't know. The government might outlaw tires. Maybe. You never know. Find cars. Find cars, but get a job. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you don't work with animals, it's less of a risk. But, you know, when they decide that the the avian flu outbreak that is very rampant right now in in, in Canada, and we're at the severe level, like, red, what is it, red threat? Threat level midnight? Threat level (laughs) Threat level midnight. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> Defcon one. Yeah, Defcon. Yeah. Okay. Is one the worst or is five? One is the worst. Wait. No. Yeah, one is the worst. Is it? Yeah. Five is the like. Five is the best five Defcon is, five there is. is. The best, five is the one they jump to when something's wrong. Yeah. So five. It five means something's up. Five is step one. Defcon five is step one. Yes. Yeah. Is it true that we're always at Defcon four? 
because I don't think we're never at well. Ever technically, at five. Technically, it's it's like a U.S. thing. Yeah. yeah sorry. That's but yes, yeah. I I don't know if they're always at four, but uh, if they're always at four. Why would five exist? Right. <laughs> that's true. But there's, I think I th- I heard it. I'm not sure if it's true, but I think that the U.S. is just perpetually at four or lower because. Of just the high tensions of between other countries. Oh, right okay, now. yeah, that makes sense. That was certainly true after nine eleven. Yes, I know for for for, for a couple of years years after when they were that was all going on. Yeah. yeah, the 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 threat of potential war or conflict with other countries was yeah. is so imminent that they're always at four or lower. I believe. I don't look it up. I'm not sure about that, but it's scary to think about. Anyways, you know what else is scary to think about? People not putting their shopping carts there back is. in the shopping cart stall thingy. What are those things called? Uh, corral. Corrals? Cart corral. Yeah. Okay, sure. Home. It's a <laughs> it's a home base. It's the right it's place. A cart, it's a cart home. Cart, cart stop. I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to call it a corral because that's... Maybe that's why people don't put it there because they don't know what to call it. Like, you're at the back of your car, you're loading your groceries in, and then you're about to go, and you're like, okay, honey, I'm going to go put my cart in the... What is it called? Ah, you know what, forget about it. And then you get in your car and leave. That's what it is. Yeah, could be. Look, this I, I posted this about this on Facebook the other day, and I had a bunch of people comment on it, and it's something that I've thought about for years and years, because I'm that guy that goes to Walmart... And he puts all the other carts back in the corral because I'm sick of the people not putting their carts in the thing. And it just irks me. It's it's similar to when you go to the movies and you don't take your garbage out with you. Yeah, that drives me crazy too. That drives me crazy. So basically, that combined with the shopping cart theory, and it's a big theory now. Basically, <clears throat> it is the minimal moral standard for a decent human being so there is no punishment for not bringing your cart back there's no fine you have to pay there's no legal issue that you're gonna have to deal with maybe you know some lady gives you the stink eye or something on your way driving out but basically there's no there's no issue there's nothing bad's gonna happen to you for not bringing your cart back but nothing good happens to you if you bring your cart back so it's it's the gold standard of deciding basically whether you're a good person or not. Do you bring your cart back? You get what well, I'm saying? After that, yeah, I do. You know, it's it's just an interesting <laughs> no, theory. It's an interesting theory because obviously you should bring your cart back. It's not that and I did have a couple of people say there are some circumstances where they might not feel comfortable bringing their cart back. Or they have kids in the car and they don't want to leave their kids. Or maybe there's a, a disability issue or something like that. That's okay. Yeah. That is totally fine. Leave your cart where it is. I we're, This is not you. If you have a legitimate reason for leaving it there, that's okay. There will be people that get your cart and put it back in the corral. But if you do not have a good reason, if you do not, and you just... Yeah, but... You're already graying out the issue. Like once you start saying that, like, oh yeah, sure, sometimes there's valid reasons, like, like the kids in the car thing. Well, just put your groceries in the cart or in the car, 
take your kids, walk them to the car the, to the cart corral with you, mm, and then sure, take them back like, and put them in the car. The same person's going to argue like, well, what, what if it's busy and there's a lot of cars? You don't want your you know. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. it's a black and white thing. Yeah, I would say that there are circumstances where I would not return it. Okay. However, those circumstances are, and I can say even like when COVID happened, like this is it's something that I did do. If I am super far away from a from a from a cart home, <laughs> and the parking lot's packed, uh, I will leave the cart there first. And because if carts are hard to find, there's not a lot of carts. I will leave for the next person that takes my spot. Mm. I don't think I've ever taken a cart from the parking lot. No, me either. And used it for shopping. I don't I, think people I, I do have, that. I have not a lot, but. If, if, if there's not a cart thing around me and it looks like it's really busy, I might not get a cart. I have. Oh, that's an interesting concept. I've never considered I don't do it a lot. Yeah. I've but never like, considered there's, that. There's been a couple situations where it's like, I will leave it for the next person. Or if I know someone is like waiting to take my spot, I'll leave the cart. Yeah. But in this, in the same vein... Out of, out of the way. Yeah. yeah. In the same possible. vein of thinking, why not just bring that cart back and then the next person that comes into the store gets that cart? Why would I want to have to drag like, a cart from the parking lot to the, the shopping store? Leaving it for the next person that's taking my spot, so they they have one. They don't have to go looking for one. Mm. That that's the that's the intention behind it. Okay, I've only done it a couple times, but like, I see your that's. Point. I don't know. I think there's like a very clear solution to the problem that flying already cart, exists. Flying carts. flying carts. Flying carts. No, it, it's the coin thing. Because uh, this doesn't happen at the stores that have the coin. I've thing. done it with the coin thing. I've left my coin. In You've a left cart. your coin. I've left my coin. You've in a left cart your for, coin for somebody. Yeah. Wow. That's ballsy. Or like if I see somebody that uh, just pulled in, like I've done this actually to an old lady before. She pulled in uh, as I was going to return my cart, and I'm like, oh, here you can have this one if you like. And yeah. she took it. Yeah. And I had a coin. I'm like, I don't care. It's a coin. Yeah. Yeah. Back when it was just quarters. But because um, then she's got to walk there, find yeah. a cart, and then you know if she maybe doesn't have change on her, find her change, whatever, yeah. and she just takes the cart. I mean that that is the issue. Is like nowadays I almost never carry cash, so I have That's fair. one loony and one quarter in my car. Yeah, for whichever store I end up going but to. But is it? I've only done it a couple times. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if I know somebody's going to immediately have use for it, I have left a cart before. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, do you guys remember when they, I don't know if you guys did this, but my mom, she bought little tokens yeah. to put on your keychains, yeah. and they were the size of quarters, so that you just use those yeah. instead of using a quarter every time. It took my mom a long time to finally do that. It was genius. Whoever invented those, smart guy. I bought one of those and then or lost girl. it within a week. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like you. The coin fell out of the holder, and yeah. it was gone forever. Where did it go? I don't know. You get <laughs> Into the, the abyss. You get the one that's a magnet. Sucked yeah. into the abyss. All right, fair enough. Yeah. You know, you can go into the stores and ask them for a loony if you don't yeah, have yeah, one. Yeah, you absolutely can. And they just go on good faith that you're going to bring it back. Really? You can just go up to the customer service and be like, can I have a loony for a cart? And they will usually give it to you as long as you bring it back. Yep. What if you never come back? Then the store just lost a dollar. What if you do that five times in a row? They, well, they lost a dollar, but they also gained a patron. So at the same time, it's yeah, like, the it's money not, that really they, them anything. yeah, the money that they get from you shopping in their store, a cart's worth of groceries or whatever yeah. it is, mm. outweighs the dollar they lost on the cart. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It'd yeah. be it'd kind of silly if they didn't. Yeah, you know, it'd be a good prank if we take all the shopping carts from one store. 
and bring them to a different store. Whoa. I imagine that's probably how it started, too. Like, come get our token to get to use our cart. Yeah. And people are like, well, can I just use my own token? They're like, sure, you can buy this token from us, and now you can use it. And it just became change instead. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Anyways, I finally found a thing that described how I had been feeling for years. And it was very nice to have that confirmation bias. And it felt good. But did you did you read it? Uh, I think I read it like a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it says that the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing, which is really interesting to think about. Yeah. Really interesting. You know, I don't know. I think it's the same as the garbage at a movie theater. Yeah. You go in with trash, and you better take it back with you. But there's no negatives to leaving it there. No. And there's no positives to taking it with you. No, it's just a bad thing to do. Okay, I got a question for you, though. If you go VIP, are you taking your plate out? I've never done VIP. You've never done VIP? How does it work? You or you can order food. Like, On a plate? Yeah, you can get, like, burgers and fries. Yes, margarita drinks that, that you don't finish. Okay. And, it, okay, so it's, like, real dishes. Yeah. Oh. I, w- w- would you take it out with you? Probably what's not. What's the seating situation? Is it, like, one table or? There's a, so, like, seats are two to each. Okay. And then each seat has an arm that swivels out to give you, like, a. Like a little TV tray. Oh, a little TV, pivot TV tray. Interesting. And how do you, where do you see the movie? <laughs> On a theater. This oh, is okay. your chair that you sit in and watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you can order you can order popcorn and stuff like that because they come around with their little iPads and, and take your order. But you can order food. They have a menu. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I. But I that feel... staff is also there to... Grab your well, plate, yeah, yeah, and take it to the. I know, yeah. but at the same time, you can make so, someone can make the same argument about the trash and theater. Do they? I agree with you about the trash and theater, but at the same time, th- th- they pay somebody to do it. Yeah. Do they come to you during the movie? They or come do to they you. Wait they till they, the they come to you before the movie. Okay. Up and up into up through the credit, like the opening credits. Okay. They'll take orders still, and then if your order isn't out before the movie starts, they in the first few minutes, it's usually done by then. Okay, so basically, once the movie starts, they leave you alone. Yeah. Interesting. I've never done VIP. Yeah, I've done it once. I saw Toy Story 4 in VIP. That was the movie that you went to yeah, VIP Yeah, because for? no kids. Um, it's 18 plus. So you... Okay, I see. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Interesting that you would pick Toy Story. I think I've only done it twice, but I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I think it would have to be a really... Like really important movie for me to go to VIP for it. Yeah, it was a date. Oh, it was a date. So. Yeah. What? What? Because what's the price difference? This is like 30, 40 bucks for it's that. It's pretty pricey. I mean, it was a pricey night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I yeah. paid. I paid for it. It was a pricey night. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, it was good. Uh, you know, honestly, like it's pretty convenient to have like a meal. Not that it's like snacks, but like a meal. Yeah. And you can order alcohol. Mm-hmm. And you can enjoy a movie in a really nice pair of seats. Yeah, the seats are comfortable. Real comfortable. Really? Yeah, yeah nice. they, they tilt in the back and oh, it's pretty mm. interesting. All right. I've never done, I've always been interested in VIP. I've never, I'm too cheap for that. I'm not going to splurge for that. You should. I you will should say, treat it, it, it's something that you don't do often. Treat yourself. Treat yeah. yourself. Yeah, I'll find somebody to pay for me. Then I'll go to VIP. All right. Uh, anyways, folks, next time you're at a movie theater, Think about, should I leave my garbage here? And if you do, 
why? And if you take it with you, why? You know what the what the devil's advocate reasoning is for it? Like why people leave their garbage behind? Okay. It creates jobs. That's not. That's what people think. That's absolutely. I mean, that's the argument that I hear for it. So, so there are a fair number of people that would, would say that's the reason. Yeah. I actually have heard that before. They're, I'm like, sir, I mean, can you take your they, trash? They literally you? are waiting at the bottom of the stairs when the movie ends yes. for that. Yeah. yeah. true. But the thing is, is you could make their job easier. Exactly. I agree. By, I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Same with the shopping carts. You think that guy enjoys walking to the other end of the parking lot to go get your cart? Definitely. He I've does had, not. No, I've had, to, I've had to do that a few times, and I knew guys that that was their job to do yeah but, it's not fun yeah, it's especially not fun. in the rain and the snow yeah, and the whatever the wind and the shopping carts are you get the like a, a row of like six or seven and then the wind blows it sideways i'm like come on that's no fun it's a bad day at work yeah. like i get it that yes you're being you're on the clock and that is part of your duties but that's not a that's but not a good enough excuse to leave your crap laying around we can all make each other's jobs day jobs easier yeah. Little by little every day. Being just civil with each yeah. other, that's the easiest thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Tip your waitress. Tip your waitress. Don't tip your skip driver because they don't need it. But I don't know. Do we, they? They do. They get paid nothing. Oh. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> they that... only get paid tips. Yeah, pretty much. Is it? Yeah, they get like know. a base delivery fee of like two, three bucks. But they make they, only they only make three dollars off of delivering food? It depends on the delivery. It can be anywhere from like one to three dollars. Uh, and then is it the quantity of, of food based? It's the, no it's the distance the distance yeah. okay yeah. I've never been a skip driver so I'm not sure I actually was very close to being a skip driver yeah. I signed up to get the uh, to notify me when I could be and then they notified me and I thought about it and I signed up and then I'm like well my truck's terrible on fuel this is not a good idea yeah, doing it in a truck would not be uh, no. but my, I thought my dad does it in his Prius. Yeah. Like, I thought it'd be fun good. to just be like the guy with the big pickup truck ripping around and be like, you guys need your skip? Here you go. <laughs> I think a lot of people work for multiple delivery committees too. Yeah. People yeah. like, they'll do DoorDash. At one time you'll do yeah. skip DoorDash Uber Eats. You'll yeah. be running them all at the yeah. same time. Just like you got like the three different bags in your backseat, like, <laughs> yeah. like different colored bags. That'd be awesome. I didn't, I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I've never gotten skip, so I don't know if you're supposed to tip or not. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I guess that makes sense. Actually, I do uh, I do something with those delivery services because I live in a basement suite. And on more than one occasion, if I've ordered to skip the dishes, I have it in the app uh, on the delivery instructions. I have star, 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 exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, back door. Mm. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, star, star, star. Because way too many times it was just back door. They delivered to the front door. Yeah. Like, so many times. So I put this long note in there. Yeah. So much punctuation. Make it very clear so that they can see it. Because I get it. You know, sometimes you're going to miss it. I have, but I have, still, yeah. sometimes they would miss it. So what I've 100%. started doing is I will tip the minimum amount on the app. I'll tip, like, 10% on the app so that they still get something for driving out. And then I'll leave a note. Cash tip on back patio door. Mm. They have not missed a delivery since. Sneaky. You leave a cash tip at the back patio because if they know that there's going to be a cash tip back there, they're going to go to the back door. And they're going so, to deliver to And the they right get their door. extra tip. I'm still yeah. tipping them, just not as well as they do if they don't follow the full instructions. Yeah. Mm, Foolproof full plan. It's been a while since I've ordered, but uh, I would go up and wait uh, in the driveway so they don't go to the front door. Oh, yeah. 
when I know they're coming. Yeah. Yeah, because you Cause do it, get the it's notification. Just, it's just annoying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If I see it's coming and I get yeah the the, the text being like they're on their way, I'd be like, okay, yeah. well, I'll just I'll be there so they know yeah. where to go. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys? Okay, for folks at home that aren't aware, also this is an interesting thing that I didn't always know. If you order skip, the restaurant does not make any money. Well, they make the money from the food. Yeah, but they so the way that most restaurants work is that in order for them to make money off of your meal, you have to be there. So if they deliver it, I don't think that's true. They don't make any money. I don't see how that works because the the menu items cost the same on Skip the Dishes as they do. Yeah, but they have to pay the Skip guys. I think they're actually a little bit more usually. Oh, I guess they would pay the Skip people, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, where is that $1 to $3 coming exactly. from? Exactly. Well, so some places have uh, slightly higher prices or their prices are adjusted on, yeah. their, on, their, on, on, their site, on the site menu. Yeah. And to they also oh, okay. don't get any of the tip money. No. So... Usually, you go to a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, and you tip the, the waitress, and then that money goes to the rest of the staff. Yeah. But, so nobody in that restaurant gets tips, except the skip driver, who doesn't work for the restaurant. Yeah. But they're also not doing anything other than just preparing the meal to do anything that they have to do required to get a, a tip. Right, yeah. but they still have to. They still have all the same costs as they would have otherwise. They still have the no, same... Because if they're doing more takeout orders than the sit-in orders, they don't need as much staff. Or the or the shifts can be split up. Yes, and that, that was a big thing during COVID. Is that is that a lot of kitchens were open, but the the rest of the staff there weren't very many because they weren't. No one was dining in. It was just food out the door. Right. Yeah, and for places like Chinese restaurants and, and sushi restaurants, that makes sense. But I I do know I've heard from some restaurant owners that basically for those like like family restaurants, as soon as you order from Skip, they don't make any money. The family ones, sure, but we're talking like... Yeah, but basically, because they have to pay out the skip guys, and then whatever money they are gonna they were going to make, they lose. So basically, takeout is a break-even for them, if they use skip. Maybe yeah. break-even. But also, a lot of times, they lose money on you it. You know, those restaurants don't have to go on skip, skip, too. Like, it's a decision that they're making. Like, they're weighing the business decision, right? I will say that if if a restaurant has their own delivery people, I will always use their own delivery people over skip the dishes. Yes. Every time. Because and a lot of people don't realize that some pla- a lot of places have that, and yeah. they don't, because you have to go to their website or something. Like yeah. That. yeah. And that's, it's different. And so, oh, it's more work or whatever. It's That's dumb. Yeah. But, I don't know. For me, I've always... I don't get skip. I don't get delivery. I just drive there and get it myself and pick it up. Yeah. So I, I just I don't really love the idea of getting skip. I understand its convenience, and for people that, you know, are can't don't drive or are disabled or don't can't leave their house. Obviously, that makes sense, right? But I don't know if you have the capability, just go get it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or just make your own damn food. Yeah, that too. Guys, it's cheaper. Get the Flash Foods app. Okay? <laughs> you get cheap food. Just do it. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but that app is great. For anyone that doesn't know, the Flash Foods app, uh, I believe it's Superstore? Superstore, yeah. Superstore and No Frills in Abbotsford. And it's all the superstores across the Fraser Valley, I'm pretty sure. But um, All over Canada, actually. Is I it think. Canada? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It might be Canada. I don't know. I only see the Abbotsford icons, so yeah. I don't know. I'm and pretty sure it's all over Canada. Like anywhere else, superstore. Yeah, That's I cool. see the Mission icon as well. I checked the Mission one too, but I know I'm not going to drive to Mission to go to superstores. That's closer. 
technically, but I have more reason to go to Abbotsford. True. Yeah, I don't know. Flash Foods is great. You know, basically, for anyone listening, it's the uh, items like dairy, uh, meat, uh, produce, um, what else? Bakery items. Fish, bakery items, pastries, bread, pita, all sorts of that kind of stuff. The stuff that has expiry dates, and so they will actually take a picture of the item when it's close to expiry. They'll put it on Flash Foods for half quarter sometimes like a tenth of the price yeah as it should be as it usually is in the store because these things are literally just going to be thrown in the dumpster in two days but you can buy them for a fraction of the price and just if you don't want to eat it that day you toss it in the freezer yeah or you know i've gotten strudels and pastries and cinnamon buns and oh my sausages and all sorts of stuff bread lots of bread um garlic bread I saw it yesterday or today or yesterday. They they sell those big the garlic breads wrapped in tin foil, and you can just throw it in the oven and boom, and there you go. And that was what a dollar. It's 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 so cheap. It's a great way to cut down on waste, which is already a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And every time you buy something, they send you an email <clears throat> or a notification, and it tells you how much money you saved and how much food that's you saved from going to the waste pl- or pile or whatever the landfills yeah i don't know it just it makes me feel good you know you get cheap food you get to maybe help the world in a tiny 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 way and yeah it's good it's good it's funny when i worked at target mobile um uh i got i got to know some of the like the management of the actual store because we were just like an like a a, a little outlet unit in the store that sold phones but i got to know like the staff and stuff and i got i got to be friends with the uh the manager of like the uh uh, the produce and the frozen section and like yeah the kind of stuff that he'd be like i guess we're throwing i guess we're sending away this stuff that's like a week out from being expiry but it's it's frozen meals mm. like, can we cook frozen meals they're not actually going to go bad no in in the next seven days but because they're dated they have to be moved, no, moved yeah. out of inventory so they get put out to the front you know try to sell them as soon as they can but if that doesn't happen then they get yeah. sent to like a i think the food bank and stuff takes them but yeah for it, frozen meal, like well, the other stuff too, but like yeah. that was the one that cut, that shocked me the most. It's like yeah, yeah frozen meal that has like an expiry date of like a month. Yeah, it's not it's not bad after a month. No, of course not. No, it it doesn't change when it's in the freezer. No, like unless I mean it it'll was, get freezer burned. Yeah, but, I was gonna say, yeah. but but not that fast. That still burned. doesn't mean that it's unsafe to eat. It just means it's gonna be probably gross. Yeah, it's not gonna taste great. Yeah. You know, that's like when you get like the like the when you have a lot of meat in the freezer and then the meat like sticks to the sides yeah. of, like but, that but even, ice, even yeah. freezer burn from like like grocery store a, a month later doesn't happen that long that no 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 won't no. even happen in a month in your, in your own freezer it'll yeah. be it's a, it's like six months before freezer burn really takes effect I think it's close to that yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure time. don't quote us on that folks <laughs> we are not experts on freezer burning I think, it, I, think it, I think it depends when you start counting. Like, do you start counting the moment that yeah. the food is frozen and packaged or, I don't know. or what? But. Folks, if you know anything about freezer burn or freezers or food in freezers... it got a freezer burn can... expert on here. Yes. There's <laughs> got to be somebody that knows that. Oh, yeah. 100%. Actually, I know a refrigeration guy. I'll call him. All right. Anyways, right. folks, if you know anyone like that or you're just interested, you can email us at themodernrusticpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. Uh, as I think that's it. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. And we are on YouTube now. We're working on it. We are slowly getting our episodes up there. 
You can find us, of course, anywhere you listen to, to podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. That's it. That was our little pitch. Anyways, I talked about all the stuff that I want to talk about. Shopping carts and minks. So, I know we have been saving the good stuff for last. Was there anything else, Mike? No. Okay. I'm ready. We've been saving the good stuff for last and the, uh, the hot topic that uh, Zach wanted to discuss. Yeah. Uh, I did want to discuss it. Okay. <laughs> Give us the uh, the rundown. Well, first, I just want to... Preface? I want to preface it. Um by saying that I have a history with this topic. Mm-hmm. It's something that I am closely related to. Um, and I don't want to necessarily paint... I guess I'll just say, we're, ta- we're going to talk about Hillsong for a little bit. Because mm. the documentary just came out. I don't want to paint all Christians in a bad light. Because I don't think that that's fair or true. Right. Um, I made the personal decision about six maybe seven years ago to leave the christian church because of some relationships that i went through that were you know less than savory some stuff that i went through uh but that doesn't mean that you know all churches are evil all christians are evil it just means that there's a couple bad apples that are ruining the bunch Mm -hmm. for example the ones at hillsong church yes yeah okay so yeah, folks, if you didn't get it from that intro, we are we all have just seen the Hillsong documentary uh, entitled... A Hill- Mega Church Exposed. A Mega Church Exposed, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's three episodes. Um, I think they're about an hour long each. Roughly. About yeah, hour. about that. Yeah. So um, broken up into three different kind of topics that cover the big controversies of what happened at Hillsong. Um, for people that don't know, Hillsong is... Or was um, a massive mega church. Still is. They're still operating. It's still around. Yeah. yeah. It's just not nearly as. Uh, I've st- still as big as it ever was. Is it really? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. there's just two people in charge that are that are yeah. new, okay. new to being in charge. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So what kind of what, how did it start and? So basically, Hillsong is a massive mega church network that started in Australia. Uh, and slowly uh, spread its influence out to uh, various other parts of the world, including North America, uh, in cities like New York City or L.A. They, they tend to target big cultural centers, like mm-hmm. New York, L.A., Sydney, you know, all these places that are going to have big reach. Um, and, I, I mean, to go chronologically would be to talk about the things that happened in the last episode. Right. Because yeah. that goes back like way. Yeah. I think they, we, should, we should probably take it episode by episode. Yeah. They rose to power pretty significantly over the last 30 years or so. 30 years you would say? But well, it's, Hillsong it's, Church it's, has it's been, been around. It's closer to 40 yeah. or, or more now. Yeah, it started that, in like the 70s or something. Yeah. Mid, mid to late 70s. Yeah. yeah. But so, over, like since the 90s, Hillsong has become a power in the Christian world yeah. like they are a powerhouse um and starting things like the mega church in new york which pastored people like chris pratt or justin bieber mm-hmm. uh and those people were led by a man named carl lentz who in my time in the church carl lentz was a massive public figure like there were tons of pastors in my church who idolized carl lentz wanted to be like carl lentz listened to his teachings all the time bought all his books um Long story short, he cheated on his wife, which, mm. you know, it's a pretty rough thing. Mike and I were talking about it 
uh, if he wasn't, you know, the guy that he was, if he wasn't a pastor, Mm -hmm. if he wasn't the moral high ground incarnate. Right. Probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, that yeah, and that that kind of goes to the larger story of his story is that he built himself up to be like this literal icon in in that community. Yeah, uh, and preached in such a way that where obviously and ends up being very hypocritical mm-hmm. looking yeah. back on it now. But and like they went into it in the second episode yeah. where. Could you, could you just Folks, if you have any intention of watching this documentary and don't want us to oh, spoil yeah. it, stop listening, okay? We're, this is probably going to be the last topic we cover of the evening, or of the podcast, um, other than our media, media recommendations at the end. Uh, so if you don't want to hear about this before you watch the show, just you could probably just stop listening now. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're probably going to dig deep into this one, so... Yeah, just found be found on uh, Discovery. Yeah, Discovery yeah. Plus, yes. yeah. Seven day free trial. Yep. But really? it's actually, yeah, it's a seven-day free trial, and it's actually not that bad, like, the stuff that's on there. Well, I, I find that a lot, I feel like more people should watch documentaries, but sorry, yeah. getting off topic. Uh, yeah, so they go into, in the second episode, they start talking about uh, Carl Lentz's preaching before he was at Hillsong, where he preached a whole lot of purity, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and they go into his history, how, like, in high school, he was a bit of a womanizer, and, you know, all this stuff, like, that's his past, uh, but then he became a pastor and started preaching purity and, mm-hmm. you know, like all that kind of stuff, which, uh, just personal opinion. I think when a pastor tends to harp on one topic, it's because that's the one that they're most insecure about themselves. And yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. And so, I mean, then they go into, what else do they, I, well, I haven't watched it as recently as well, you Well, they went, so. they went pretty deep into like the stardom that kind of, yeah. that he kind of built, so, up, built up around it. Yeah. The first episode was kind of explaining Hillsong, it's. Its journey to uh, grandioseness, uh, its celebrity status, the way that they did their services, the way that they structured things, that they had VIP sections yeah. for the church yeah. services, very, which, very much more on the L, the the New York yes uh, uh, branch of Hillsong, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's obviously for North Americans what's been in the headlines the most, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, That's where where Carl Lentz was. So, yeah, the first episode mostly delves into how, what strategies they used in order to become as massive as they did, as they are, right? So they did, they started with their music. Yeah. Then they broke into celebrity status and they went into just becoming these massive... Um, events, right? Every yeah. Sunday, it's oh, what's going? You know, there was a they they said it multiple times. There's a line down the street of people yeah. trying to get in, and then people, and if that's in the middle of New York, you know, FOMO sets in, and people think, yeah, what's this lineup for? And then they figure it out, and they're like, okay, well, let's let's go and check it out, right? Yeah, well, because so. they they very much show like a lot of clips of him. Like it's he's so charismatic that it it is a performance, yeah, more than a sermon. Yeah, and there was kind of a trend in evangelical churches for a while there, even before Carl Lentz, where uh, pastors were more stand-up comedians than they were, mm. you know, teachers of doctrine. Yeah. They were, like, they were meant to per, be charismatic. Personality. Yeah, yeah, they were meant yeah. to be charismatic figures. Whether they, that be as a, like, stand-up comedian or as a, just a motivational speaker, right? Yeah, exactly. They could, yeah. They, could, they could just give, they could just have a script and they could say anything and they could make it sound amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And that's something that they say in the documentary that, like, hit home for me, for sure, is it's, like, specifically, they were talking about Carl Lentz, but 
a lot of these uh, charismatic pastors, um, they're thrust into these positions before their morals are checked out. Mm. So, like, Carl Lenz became a pastor when he was, like, 19 years old. Yeah, he was already running a megachurch at 21. Yeah, that, th- so, that is young. Yeah, very. So that's, like, before he had a chance to grow up and, like, you know... Yeah, like, become a, a real human a being. Yeah, it was like, before his medal was tested. Like, yeah. They didn't know whether he was a good person or not before they put him in charge of a church yeah. of 10,000 people. They just knew that he got butts in seats. Yeah. Yeah, he brought hordes of people in. Yeah. Which is the big problem with these megachurches, is they're so focused on getting large numbers in the seats that they're not focusing on the things that a church should really be focusing on, mm-hmm. which is morals and doctrine and actual teaching. Exactly. And, yeah. And just community and... and well, like support, too. Like, throughout all three episodes, there's a lot of stories of people that, like, had... Not even, like, the worst cases of, like, stories that they need help with, but, like, people that turn to the church for, like, advice... Yeah. Or, or you know, uh, there's one example of a woman who, like, she went to the college, and the oh, day yeah. she got there, her luggage was lost. Oh, she had yeah. nothing. And she received very little support from the college or, or in any way, because yeah. obviously there's there's this whole, like, payment thing about her housing that was involved as well. And just, like, yeah, like, it was run like a business. So, like, there yeah. wasn't any support morally or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, the college is definitely something else that they... they touch on in the documentary basically they hillsong got so big and they bought all this land up and they built their own college and essentially correct me if i'm wrong but i just watched it today and they they didn't mention anything of them actually going to classes yeah which i found very strange so basically the college is just them doing labor for the church like every day it, it seemed like for some of it, it was it was they're volunteering their free time, which is what uh, was more the more troubling matters than yeah. necessarily the actual like the the teaching and the classes and things like that. It's that they exploited all of their free time that that mm-hmm. wasn't that uh, for 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 no pay and doing menial tasks that right. you know are. Yeah. exhausting at the very least i actually know uh several people who did go to hillsong college like really uh, yeah members of the church that i used to be a member of okay several of them went to the hillsong college and there were actual classes like they did teach doctrine there okay. they taught theology um but yeah there was a big focus on like sure. here is how you run a church so that it will grow in number and mm. therefore in wealth it's like Hillsong College isn't as much a Bible college as it is a college of how to run a successful church. It's business school. Yeah. It's church. basically business school for a yeah. church. That's exactly right. Yeah. But then they also just conscript you into servitude, essentially. Yeah. Which is the other big problem is Hillsong uses a lot of free labor. Right. Which, and like, this is kind of the larger issue that I kind of wanted to touch on is because Hillsong is what what it is, because they have a college and because they have all the music, like, if you set foot in an evangelical church over the last 20 years, every song you heard was written by Hillsong. Yes. And that church was paying Hillsong to have the rights to play that song at their church. Right. So Hillsong as a whole, because you might be, you know, listening to all this controversy and be like, okay, whatever, just don't set foot in a Hillsong church ever Mm. but hillsong has a grasp on the christian community that people weren't aware of really before this not only just from like the music standpoint but 
because they've had so much success, a lot of churches want to run the way Hillsong did. But Hillsong has culture problems. Like the mm-hmm. whole abuse of free labor thing is horrible. That's part of the thing that I went through when I was in church. I spent probably any given week 10 to 20 hours at my local church, uh, like running services, running the worship team, uh, running the sound team, all this, all this stuff, yeah. and was never paid at all. Right. Which back then it's like it's fine, and I also don't really see an issue with it. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. Like, carry on. Yeah. yeah, volunteering your time is one thing, but also at a certain point, you do have to have your own boundaries. And if you start to get burnt out, you need to be able to distance yourself from that situation. Mm. And I wasn't in a situation where I was able to distance myself when I was starting okay. to feel burnt yeah. out, and it was taking a toll on my mental health. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's different also because like a lot of the people that 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 was happening to because you're on a campus even when you're if even if you are not there doing it you're still ingrained in everything around it yeah so there there is no like i could go home and be away from this yeah you're completely soaked in the culture yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i think i think that's kind of where the danger really lied and where where the trouble for those people that went there had is is that yeah because their their life if they're not volunteering is still all around it yeah yeah, and that's that's the difficulty of them all living together, right? You live on the campus if you don't, you know, if you're not volunteering in the same manner that everyone around you is, then you're going to feel pressure, of course. Yeah, I, it's a little bit. I don't know. It's a tough call for me because yes, you should know your boundaries, and you, if you're getting burnt out, you should be able to take a step back. Yeah. But also, I'm with you when you say that giving your time for free to the church is. Not a bad thing. No, it's not. Right? And, and the Bible does talk about serving the church as well. Like, it is an actual Christian value. You should serve the church. Yeah. If you are a serving, like, if you are a practicing Christian, you, ser- you should serve the church. Mm-hmm. But the governing body of the church should also not have the ability to abuse that power. Yes. Yeah. And we say that, you know, churches shouldn't be run like businesses. But some ways, yes, they have to be, right? And that being said, they have to be able to manage staff and manage their volunteers in a way that they don't put everything on one person. They yeah. don't. Yeah. I think that's the difference between like running as a business and running it as a corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. You do have to run a church as a business to run a church in North America. Just exactly. because like, I mean, you own land. Your, yeah, like exactly. your church you is have on taxes. Land. You yes, have, well, expenses. you don't have taxes because you're a church. Well, you have other taxes. <laughs> but, yeah. There, there are bills to pay. Yes. Yeah. yeah the electricity but, but, still has to go on every single Yeah, day. but like, uh, again, if anyone that's watched the documentary then come back to this conversation, uh, they're so expansive into other fields yeah. than just running of the church that, yeah, like their power is yeah, just suffused yeah. into everything that is associated with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, it's merchandising. It's, again, the licensing of the music. It's yeah. it's all this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, for me, that's not inherently bad, though, right? If you want to buy a Hillsong t-shirt and say, hey, I love Hillsong, why not? And they provide that for you. Why not? Yeah. Sure, but the, the problem doesn't lie with that. The problem lies with, like, the person who's making and pressing those shirts unpaid yeah yes that's the yeah, issue. yeah yeah no i, I agree with that i'm just saying the essence of buying merchandise and producing a product that that goes back to the church yeah that's okay it isn't in my opinion it isn't inherently bad it just seems that it brings up a pattern of greed 
Mm. Like, I mean, they talked about it in the first episode of the documentary, the Instagram account, Preachers and Sneakers. Yes. Like, about how there's all these evangelical pastors wearing $7,000 sneakers yeah, while they preach. Yeah, hoodies. While yeah. they preach at the pulpit about, uh, oh, you got to tithe your 10%. Yeah. Well, 10% and, and of all your income the, has to there's, go to the there's no, there's no belief that that comes from anywhere else. Yeah. Because that, cause that's what they do. Their full-time job is being a pastor, yeah, so, and they're making so, enough to wear $7,000 sneakers on exactly. behind the pulpit. Like, yeah. It's a broken system. It is. And it is, again, Hillsong is the figurehead for all evangelical churches. So this is what evangelical churches are looking to and being like, that's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. That's what they're striving to. Yeah, and that's kind of, they explain, they go into that as well in, in the documentary. There's a guy from the, the Trinity Foundation, and he, it's actually a, a group, a nonprofit group that investigates mega churches and they're yeah. trying to bring about their downfall because they're they're corrupt which is crazy that they actually have groups dedicated to you know finding the corruption yeah. in mega churches. That, the fact that that, that, that has to that, that was yes that was my reaction but then i'm like thank goodness there is yeah. yes because yeah. they they seem like the guy especially that, that was talking about it seemed to really care about his job yeah yes and see the importance of of exactly. keep, keeping those things maintained and contained yeah. and, and looking into that kind of trouble. And I think that goes to the, the broader point of where there is evil that crops up, there will be good that comes and, you know, figures it out. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's a balancing act. Right. And I think that that's important to remember as well. Right. It, the, the whole Einstein theory of, you know, he writes 10 equations on the board and the last one he gets wrong on purpose. And then all the, all the classroom, you know, erupts and says, Oh, you got it wrong. And they start chastising him. Well, Nobody congratulated him for getting the first nine right. Yeah. So I think that's something to remember too, right? Before we, you know, I mean, we can bash on these, you know, peep scum people that were running the church, <laughs> yeah. and that's fine. I, I'm all for that, but there was a lot of good that happened. Well, no, yeah. I, and I think the documentary does a good job of pointing that out several times that it, it, is, it is the top level that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That the, they don't disparage their works at all. Exactly. They, they just they just comment on the specifically exploitive ones that, yeah. they, that mm-hmm. they use to get people in yeah. To, yeah. to these bad behaviors that they, you know, proliferate. Yeah. And that is kind of like what I wanted to say in my preface, which I guess can be the closer for the conversation, which is that I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, there are a lot of good things that uh, I was taught in the church. I was taught a lot of life skills. I did meet a lot of people that were really great people one mm. of them performed. there are gen there are many genuine people in the 100%. church i yeah. see them every sunday it's yeah. it's amazing like one of the people that i met while i was in the church uh was there for me 24 7 like i was going through a really rough time in my teenage years and if i woke up in the middle of the night and i was freaking out i didn't know what to do i could call him and he would wake up and come pick me up drive mm-hmm. around town and just talk uh, he performed my wedding. This guy, like, he was one of the genuinely good people that I met during that time. Let's get him on the and podcast. I don't want to, maybe, uh, I don't want to disparage, you know, there are good people. And I also don't want to say that, like, this is, you know, don't be a Christian because church is evil. Because that's been a part of my journey going through leaving a church is like, well, what is my relationship with God now? Because you can still, like, you can leave a church and still have a relationship with God. Sure. Like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's it's a it's a thin line to walk, and I didn't want to bring it up to just bash all churches and bash religion because I, I think you got that point. I don't course. think that that's healthy. And no, and I would 
I would fight you on that if you yeah. were going to do that. Yeah, and I don't want to. Like, no. I, don't, I don't want to say that I don't believe in God. Like, my relationship with it has changed for sure. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's absolutely, like, the reason it stands the test of time is, like, there are morals and uh, social interactions and people you meet that, that come about being part of a community like that. Yeah, of course. That you can't learn anywhere else. I've you, met you my wife be, you, Yeah, you won't be exposed to anywhere yeah. else. But, yeah. I, yeah, I think when... Especially the you know with something like Hillsong that grows to such a capacity that they and quickly too. they can qu- they can easily exploit people for their own literally for their own profit because that's that's what it is it's all yeah. unpaid so it's yeah. profit to them in every way yeah uh, it, it's really something to watch out yeah. for yeah I think it's just important to remember that like absolute power corrupts absolutely right yeah and this that's is that's the big takeaway from the yeah. documentary for sure and this is not you also look at it broad spectrum right this is not a church thing. I mean, it is a church problem, but there are corrupt leaders in every industry, in every organization, yeah. on the every nonprofit on the face of the planet. Yeah, there's always going to be that those guys at the top that try to balance, you know, running a business and not being corrupt. And there's always going to be those guys, right? And there, it's a lot of them go unnoticed because you know they're too big to fail, but. You know, it's it. People always they always make the 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 headlines are always about the churches because it's an organization built on good on people being good. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Is that these people are standing in front of a group of people saying, telling them how to be good people, and then exactly. you find out that they're not a good person. Well, everything comes crashing yeah. down. You kind of expect like the CEO of a corporation to be a little bit of exactly. yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's, right? That's kind of what Zach and I were we talked about a little bit on the way here. Is that like. When you have a, a network like that, whether it be a, a business corporation or a church, mm-hmm. and I think churches are pointed to because it's it's newer for, for that environment to be that large and competitive. But when you have a network like that of of interowned uh, like like places like businesses and a church network, uh, it's very easy to become corrupt because there's there's no one really checking you. Yeah. 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 Because like we we have it's law. like a who we, watches the watchman kind of. Well, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. that's exactly it. Like there's 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 laws in place to like for for corporations, but I, there's probably not very many to take the same the same lessons from you know monitoring business structure and, and how that can be exploited for churches because because yeah. it, it's it's newer. Yeah, it's a newer business model for that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's. Hmm. Yeah, you, for a long I mean for a long time basically if there were problems in the church they would just cover it up and that's still what they do a lot of the time. Yeah, right? that was that was the whole third episode. I mean the whole third yeah. episode which gets very graphic and there is yeah. uh you know sexual assault and sexual abuse involved. Um it's not pretty and it's those people do not get justice. No. It's yeah. and they never will. And Which is the really infuriating thing about that third episode is yeah. that that guy he still, still has gotten yeah yeah well not the guy that committed sexual assault but oh no he's yeah. dead but yeah but the, I mean, the victim get... of sexual assault got ten thousand dollars yeah didn't get a didn't That's get a, didn't yeah. get a, I'm sorry didn't get an apology yeah. well well that does go to the point that as just recently as last month he has been Brian has been charged now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In, in relation to that, and a yeah. few and a few other accounts, yeah. 
And I think even even more recent than that, he, he that he's resigned. Yeah, Brian Houston stepped down from Hillsong Church a few months ago. I, you think even more recent than that? I think, oh, is I, it? I, th- I think it's well, like, I think it's less than four weeks. Oh wow, okay. I think it was. I checked the this, di- It was this year sometime. Yeah, Whatever. it was yeah. the end of March. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is like this. This documentary just came out, and it sounds like it's happened like years ago. But this is happening this year, right now. Well, and the the thing with Carl Lentz only happened in twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, 2019, 2020. Yeah, cause I think it was like right around the beginning of the pandemic that yeah. all the stuff about Carl Lentz came up. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. the it sad, just the, the sad thing on, is that, yeah, it takes yeah. a long time for that stuff to to come out and then to be like filtered to people yeah. to know about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I agree. And to be able to get enough people to come forward on video and talk about what happened and yeah. discuss their issues and stand up to these guys that have way too much power and are not using it well the the scary thing about the documentary was how many people like they either had to hide the identities of Mm -hmm. or they had to put text on the screen saying uh we reached out to a bunch of these people and nobody would comment because they were too scared yeah exactly yeah i loved the the couple uh from ukraine (laughs) yeah the the hillsong ukraine couple they were the best like they were not putting up with any bs No. no because it seems like they very much like run their churches like like you would expect a church to be run. Yeah, they actually wanted to do a good thing and yeah. they were like like what what are we being asked to yeah. do here? What like, what is what is all this completely not church related stuff yeah, that's yeah. going on? Yeah. Yeah, what was it? They 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 were starting a Hillsong church in the Ukraine in Kiev and they, I, think, I think they already had it and then they they, they, they wanted they met, they met Brian because they were yes, the head of it. Yeah, something like that. And they in order for them to work with Hillsong they had to pay for these celebrity pastors to get flown in, like thousands of dollars, yeah. just for them to come and preach at their church. And in the Ukraine, a third world country. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a church in a third world yeah. country and was then, expected to. Yeah, they were putting up in five-star hotels yep. and accommodations and flights, uh, and then it was also Hillsong that was telling them, hey, you should book this person yeah. to come, and then also pay us so that they're going to be there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and that they can stay there and yeah. f- find back. That's bonkers. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. And I think it's important that these documentaries keep being made, right? It's powerful stuff and if they we can if we can just weed out the 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 ones that are ruining it for everyone else, that would be amazing, right? People yeah. only ever hear the bad stuff and they never hear the good stuff. And yeah. that for every one, you know, corrupt pastor out there, there's a thousand that are doing amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, so. good things can be done in churches. Good things can be done in the name of God. It's just a matter of you know, balancing it. Uh, ironically enough, a, a saying that I used to hear in church all the time from you know one of the head pastors. Every time I would come to him with an issue, like somebody said something that I didn't agree with, he would just say to me, "Chew the meat and spit out the bones." <laughs> like, take from it what you will, and anything that you disagree with, if you can back it up scripturally with doctrine and all that, then great. Yeah, I agree. I like I like that that saying. Chew yeah. the meat and spit at the bones. Yeah. Do you guys ever eat the bones of when you have salmon? <laughs> what a segue. When you when you eat like fish or salmon. Did you, you know the inventor of the segue died by driving his segue No out way. Of yeah. I don't know. I was I just had salmon the other day and and they 
And it's like, <laughs> oh, like you get a bone, and it's like, well, just swallow it, whatever. Oh, don't do that. I can't. Yeah, do that. you could pierce your trachea. No. Yeah. I, I honestly have a thing. I can't, uh, I can't believe we're talking about this. I have a thing. I can't eat fish unless I know for a fact that there's no bones in it. Yeah. It's, it's you got to take out those pin bones. They can thing. they can hurt you. <sighs> like I hear you, but I'm I'm willing <laughs> to take the risk. Like uh, why? I, I'm not saying for what benefit. Uh, protein. They're, they there's no all. protein in bones. Yeah, bones are good for you. Fish bones are really good. Not for the you. pin bones. Yes, hundred percent. I don't like, think he knows what a pin bone is. It's supposed <laughs> to be a regular bone. Okay, you're not supposed to eat the big bones. You're just supposed to eat the little hair bones. No. Yeah, you just swallow them. It's fine. This is this is it's, what he's telling you though. Don't eat those. Yeah, you can't. You're not supposed to. Okay, it's not like when you like don't oh don't give your dog chicken wings because they're gonna choke on the bones. It's this tiny little thing. I we're talking about the same thing, and I'm telling you, well, they are sharp and they can hurt you. I hear you. I hear you. But even if it pierces my trachea, it's teeny tiny. <laughs> okay, agree to disagree. I guess. <laughs> So I'll, you can chew the meat and also swallow the bones, look, apparently. Obviously, I've done both. You know, you put a piece of juicy salmon in your mouth, you kind of move it around a bit, you chimp-chomp, and then you've, oh, I got a bone in there. Sometimes I pick it out, sometimes oh, I swallow I, it. I have a bad reaction when I find a bone in fish. That's why I'm so careful. I have a bad reaction. I, I, can't, I can't keep eating it after that, honestly. Really? It bothers me that much. Oh, it's unsafe. You gotta lower your standards on safety. It's not even about a safe thing. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's a it just ruins thing. the experience. Yeah, yeah, because it's, I, it's not. Well, first of all, when you're eating, you're not expecting a bone to be there. Yeah. All of a sudden, it just, I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's definitely a mental thing. I don't. I'm not so much that I'm worried about piercing my trachea. You should be. I, well, I should be. <laughs> don't look at me. All right, <laughs> folks. We got off topic real quick there, and that's my fault, and I apologize. But we pretty much covered what we wanted to talk about for the Hill Song. Yeah, I think I said my piece. Um, yeah. You know, I, we all have different takes on it, and we are all on different, you know, points of our journeys. And I think just check out the documentary. It's a pretty solid. And as for just not even the content, as for a documentary, it was done pretty well. It's pretty well made, yeah. 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 I do find that a lot of the documentaries like that, you can just put it on. You don't even have to watch it. You can just put the audio on, and you can get the same thing out of it. Yeah. But... They know that, and then they put every like ten minutes to put like facts on the screen, yeah. so you have to look at the facts to go back to it. And yeah. that's kind of I'm annoyed by that. Yeah, but why can't they just have a guy reading the facts? I don't know. Well, you put on closed captioning, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but then I get all the closed captioning. Oh, not closed captioning. Uh, the hearing impaired thing. Oh, I thought that, is that is, the same is thing. Visual description. Visual description. Yeah. What's what the difference? Call that. Isn't that closed captioning? No, closed captioning is subtitles. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's visual description. For yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's just... For the sight impaired, not the It's like HDD yeah, or something? Or... I don't, I don't know. Anyway. You always, know. you always see it before some TV shows. Are on Folks, if you know what that's called, email us at themodernrusticpodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Anchor or DM us on Instagram, whatever. Come um, to Russell's house. Come to my house, sure. We'll have you on the show. I don't care. Yeah. He'll feed you some chicken bones. <laughs> salmon bones chicken bones are way bigger that's not you definitely would choke on a, I a chicken say, I meant to say salmon I know you did but <laughs> I'm getting an air fryer soon so I'll cook you some air fryers anyways I mean no you don't cook air fryers <laughs> nope. chicken wings I'll cook you some chicken wings alright um, can you do tempura in those air fryers you can do whatever you want in those is air fryers is there a tempura setting depends on the kind yeah. of one you buy I think because otherwise tempura is going to be a mess Oh, because yeah. that's a wet batter, right? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do a wet batter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I hear you. There, there are some that have, like, baskets. Yeah. Uh, some air fryers. But even that, like, how would that Yeah, it would drip out of the baskets. Yeah. There's no oil in there. 
irregardless, let's wrap this up with a couple of media recommendations, folks. Zach, if you say Hillsong, that's cheating. Yeah, I guess I can't really say Hillsong. We can come um, back to you. Mike's got to go. I was going to say Hillsong. No, <laughs> so I, will, I will cheat and say, check out Hillsong on Discovery+. Plus. Free seven-day trial starting now. Okay, fine. I mean, I already talked about a couple things, including the Flash Foods app, folks. Check that out. I get cheap food all the time. You get salmon, you put it in the freezer, it's still good. You get sausage, meat, all sorts of stuff. But that's not my recommendation. My recommendation, did you have a good one? I've got one, but go ahead. It's going to take a little while. Do you want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, Folks, I just found this fantastic, um, very niche podcast on Spotify. It probably is not for you. But I'm recommending it anyways because... The rigging endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very niche and I love it. And it's called The Milkman of St. Gaffs. It is a serialized podcast horror fantasy genre. Uh, it's created, edited, narrated, and voice acted all by the same guy. Um, he has a, a website as well, HowieMilkman.com, I believe. Um, and... The newest episode actually just came out last month. So it's, and it just wrapped the first season, I believe. I'm like halfway through the show right now. They're half hour episodes. It's very well done. Uh, I, it's very, it's very, hits hits home for me because I love all things milk related. Um, (laughs) And it's this weird mix of, you know, 1940s war era and also Lovecraftian aspects and just this really cool story and this really cool world that this author has has created um i love it uh it's not you know it's not like you know hollywood level stuff but it's it's a cool world and story that somebody created and i'm just along for the ride and i think it's cool um yeah if that piques your interest check it out i don't know it's fun sounds fun yeah yeah um i have not had very much time to consume any media over the last couple of weeks. Probably for the best. <laughs> uh, but what I have had time to do is I've probably spent a grand total of three hours playing a video game called Death's Door. Ooh, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, it is great. Uh, it's just a little indie game. It's like an isometric uh, kind of hack and slash kind of thing. Um, you play a little crow who's a grim reaper, mm-hmm. and you go into this other uh, this different yeah. realm where you're going to reap souls. Okay. You meet all these fantastical characters, and like the character design is really cool. the The level design is really cool. The music is amazing. Uh, the combat is surprisingly deep and challenging. Mm. Uh, it's one of those games where uh, you can upgrade your combat uh, as you play the game, but you can never upgrade your health. <laughs> so, throughout the entirety of the game, if you take four hits, you're dead. Mm. And you go like way back to the beginning of this boss. So it's kind of like kind of Dark Souls. a roguelite a little bit. It's a little a little roguelite, a little Dark Soulsy. Yeah, it's like pretty unforgiving, but it's also like like when you die, you know what you did wrong. Like you can sense, oh, this time I'll do this differently so that I don't die. You yeah, know? Okay. it's it's really good. I highly recommend. I think it's only like twenty bucks or something on Steam if you play Ooh, on PC. Way out of my price range. Oh, come on, man, you can afford. I it. do not buy games over. Russell like $4. can't stand spending five bucks more than five bucks. I uh, I got it on Xbox Game Pass for free. So okay, well, yeah. ooh, look at you. Yeah. Uh, what do you is so it's it's hack and slash. So what is it? First person or no? It's like isometric. So what does it's that mean? 
it's like a how do you describe it? Explain it to the it's, audience. Like it's like instead of being top down, it's like over a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how to describe isometric. Like if you saw it, you would understand what I meant. Diablo. Oh, yeah, okay. kind of like Diablo. Yeah. Just say that. <laughs> okay, I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, I don't know a lot about video games, but that's okay. I feel like it's something that I've I still do every once in a while, but I don't know. I don't I don't get a lot out of it these days. I feel like there's like other things in life. I'm like, well, this sounds more fun. Like podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I like I wait every week. We record on Mondays usually, and right after I'm like, man, what are we gonna talk about next week? This is going to be wild. What kind of guests should we have on, you know? Oh. Folks, if you are interested, shoot us a message. We will have you on the show. We will not turn anyone away. Mm, that's not true. <laughs> that's that's a bad policy. Yeah, we might turn you away. <laughs> but if you bring snacks, it's less likely. If you say you're a fan, you're probably guaranteed. That's true. We got a an amazing fan coming on next week, and he is very excited to be on the show. So uh, look forward to that. And we will see you on the other side.